Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. And a very good morning to you. Welcome to Monday's Cork Today. It's JP in for Patricia until one. Patricia back tomorrow, but I'm with you until one with Bernie uh, taking your comments and calls right now on 0818103103 or you can text or WhatsApp 0862103103. And before we start, a number of calls and texts into us. If you're travelling between Bandon and Clonakilty this morning, there's been a three-car pile-up at Gagan. And at the moment, traffic is building in the area, so motorists are uh, advising us to advise you to avoid the area uh, if possible. That's between Bandon and Clonakilty, a three-car pile-up in Gagan. And ahead on this morning's programme, a spate of thefts in the past two weeks of Catholic converters stolen from cars. And one of those who was affected by this was East Cork-based councillor Liam Quaid. He was in Kilkenny and that's where the incident occurred. So a word of warning for people as Gardaí again are warning people to be careful of certain types and makes and years of cars that are being affected with this and having their Cadillac converter stolen which basically is more or less a major part of the engine for the car and as Liam is on he's been campaigning for the Onakura Mental Health Facility in Middleton which they and him and indeed the entire community of East Cork wish to remain open the centre was supposed to close uh, really about two years ago at this stage. The community got together and campaigned to keep the centre open. Uh, and now it's going a yet again uh, before the Oroctus for discussion. We're going to hear the latest uh, this morning from Liam on the future regarding the Onakura Centre in Middleton. And also we're going to hear how fishers who were decommissioning and leaving the fishing industry, they had to promise the government in a contract that they would not transport arms to Russia. We're going to speak with Patrick Murphy of the Irish South and West Fish Producers Organisation on this and is it just something that has been written into all the contracts now considering what has happened over the last year or so or why in the first place was this put into the contract? We're going to find out more with Patrick later on the programme and also uh, this can be a big bugbearer for drivers and commuters. Uh, the location of speed vans or the go safe vans that the official name for them is uh, and drivers and the majority of us do understand the need for these on our roads and no one wants death or injury on our roadways but some are questioning the areas they park in. Uh, many say that these safety cameras 
are to be located in areas, and it says it on their website, where there is a history of speed-related collisions. However, some question uh, the locations in areas where major collisions never occurred. And we always get calls here on the placing of these vans in some areas. For example, the majority of calls we would get would be on the Cork to Mallow Road. They feel they're parked in the start of a fast lane or the end of a fast lane as you go back into the, the two lanes on the road. And they feel that's just catching people who are speeding up trying to pass someone out because in those areas, the majority of drivers who drive that road every day say there's never been a serious collision on that particular stretch. Uh, many then welcomed when they actually in the end did push a speed camera in, in the junction of Waterloo where there was a number of collisions. So people do know and, and realise the need for these, but it's the placing and people applaud when it's when a van is located in an area where there has been a lot of accidents, but in areas where there's never been a major collision, many question why is the van parked there in the first place? And we've got more calls over the last few weeks and this is in relation and anybody who uh, drives into the town of Bandon or heading west will realise that they speed van or go safe van uh, parked just beyond the bus stop as you make your way into Bandon Town. We're not the only ones who got calls. Uh, the local magazine abandoned the opinion. They also got calls on this and their editor, Eddie Goggin, wrote a piece in this month's edition. He'll join us to discuss this and why people uh, just want to know if, you know, that there's been no major collision on that stretch of road. So why is it there? Also, the lack of speed signs approaching the town. New speed signs were erected about a month ago, but still uh, on the entrance, uh, as you go nearer into Bandon Town, beyond Kevin O'Leary's garage, there is no speed line or speed sign telling you what speed you should be going at. It's 50k, but if you're not from the area, you won't know because there's no speed limit sign. Or if you're coming off the bypass, you'll have no idea. Anyhow, your views are welcome on that regarding these speed vans and those I mentioned, or just in general, uh, do you feel that why they are there to prevent injury and death on our roads and people understand that do we need to look now at where they are placed some welcome areas on our road networks they say yes there should be in this specific location because there were a lot of serious collisions but others feel they're located for example at the end of a fast lane just to make money uh, your views are welcome on that also it's the time of the year where we are all buying in our local shops we're all online and we're all doing what we can to get a bargain for Christmas but so because of that our citizens information segment this week would look at consumer rights on the run up to Christmas and after 12.30 Annalisa Giselle will join us answering all your nutritional questions so that and more to come between now and one and lines open 0818 103 103 or you can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103 but speaking there about uh, motorists and driving well uh, those who are on our roads could soon be hit with new hefty road toll charges which will amount to a tax on how far the driver will travel. This is coming from the Transport Infrastructure Ireland Group who have been tasked with exploring new ways to generate cash from drivers which could involve a multi-point tolling system. And while the government was pressured into imposing a six-month freeze on these toll increases we spoke about on the show uh, over the last few weeks with Transport Commentator Conor Faulkner, uh, these new type of measures will be rolled out on all motorways including uh, the one here out of Cork the M8 and also the M50 uh, motorway around Dublin and basically a system would see 
tolling cars based on the length of a road used. And this would apply then, as I mentioned, to all the motorways, but it would go on how long you were going to travel. So... Uh, fair or unfair your views are welcome on that and there's going to be a major change when it comes to the job seeker rates because high earning workers you may have heard Barry mention this in the news that those workers who lose their jobs would be entitled to social welfare at more than twice the normal rate under proposals to radically overhaul the job seekers payment Uh, so workers with a history of employment will qualify uh, for rates which will be up to 450 euros a week under the plans. Now this is coming from Social Protection Minister Heather Humphreys. She's bringing a memo to Cabinet tomorrow setting out her plans to introduce this unemployment benefit of payments that will directly then be linked to the workers pay before they became unemployed. Many say it's needed because if you are paying a large mortgage and all of a sudden you lose your job you still have to pay the mortgage uh, but you won't have the high rate of income that you would have from the current rate from job seekers and if someone loses their job out of no fault through the company just deciding they need to cut back and it's not the employee's fault probably not the employer either but uh, the employee hasn't made the decision to leave uh, then you can see why they're doing this to prevent people from losing homes I suppose in the future until they find um, further or future employment well the major shake up of the welfare system It will take into account uh, workers who have worked for five years or more, uh, their PRSI contributions, and they would be be entitled then uh, to 60% of their gross salary capped at €450 per week. And a worker with between two and five years worth of PRSI contributions, they will be entitled then to 50% of their gross weekly salary up to €300 per week. And that is due to uh, go to Cabinet tomorrow. If approved, then that will come in, I presume sometime next year Uh, that's the plan anyhow at the moment and a lot of talk over the weekend and this is coming from the Irish Times who have done a poll with Ipsos on this and this is regarding a united Ireland and it does seem that while many voters in the Republic of Ireland are unwilling to make concessions to unionists to accommodate them in a potentially united Ireland that's coming from the research almost half of all voters say that any changes to the national anthem or the flag would make them less likely to vote for a united Ireland if a referendum was put to us but then this poll was carried out at the same time time in the Republic and in in Northern Ireland and those of the views from Northern Ireland they're then much less likely to vote for a United Ireland if we as in if the whole of Ireland of Ireland adopted the health system of the Republic of Ireland Uh, So while it seems in the Republic people are worried about the anthem and the flag, in the North they're more worried about the services we have here. And in particular, one standing out is our health service. Now you couldn't blame them, to be honest. I mean, if I have a lot of mates living in Northern Ireland and that is one thing that they always say for, you know, six counties, they have a lot on offer and they get a lot of money from London to fund the six counties, whereby if they become united with the rest of Ireland, uh, then they're asking themselves, are they going to get the same services? So it's more about the service they get rather than where or what flag or what country they are part of. And I suppose it's hard to blame people when it comes to the service ahead. 
And later in the programme, we're going to speak with Alan O'Reilly uh, from Carlow Weather to get an update on what is to happen this coming week with regards to our weather. Uh, just see an update coming in from Met Aaron that uh, they are saying temperatures are expected to fall as low as minus six degrees at night by next week. And it's all to do uh, with this Arctic air mass that is due to hit Ireland over the uh, coming few days. Anyhow, uh, our lines are open. Your views are welcome. You can call Bernie taking your comments right now on the phone 0818103103 or you can text or WhatsApp 0862103103 and I was just talking there about speed cameras and motorists and the increasing in tolling prices that we could see on how far you drive a lot of calls and comments in on the issues we were discussing regarding speed cameras speed vans that is and also the issue of United Ireland I'll get back to those very shortly but we are going to hear and why people need to be careful if you drive a certain car because Catholic converters. There's a rise of those being stolen from cars. We're going to speak with Councillor Liam Quaid who's based in East Cork but had the catalytic converter stolen from his car. He'll join us next. It's your final week to win Super Value gift cards worth a total of €5,000. We've had winners in Inneskeen, in Lasarda, in Bantir, in Glamire, in Mallow and you could be a winner today with C103's Christmas Covered. It's your chance to win a €500 festival shopping spree and you've, all you have to do and Ken did this earlier so listen again at 2 and 5 to count the Christmas bells then when you count them all up you text or WhatsApp Martina on drive time with the total amount for your chance to win C103's Christmas covered with super value gift cards perfect for every occasion available in store or online for e-gift cards that can be sent with a personal message search super value gift card listen in 9am 2pm and 5pm weekdays to win and it's only here at C103 You're listening to Cork Today on Replay Phone and text lines are currently closed Cork Today on C103 Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment 086 103 There has been a spate of thefts around the country of Catholic converters from cars 12 cars parked in Kilkenny City and Tipperary had their Catholic converters removed in the past two weeks Green Party councillor in East Cork Liam Quaid was one of those who was a victim to this theft and he joins me this morning Good morning to you Liam. Morning JP. And thanks for joining us. This happened to you in Kilkenny. That's right and uh, it's a a cautionary tale for people with a very specific car namely an old Toyota Prius. Um, So my wife and I were staying in Kilkenny with my wife's parents as we often do and our uh, humble 2008 Toyota Prius was parked unsuspectingly on the road outside their house. Um, It's a busy part of Kilkenny on the Dublin Road. uh, you know, where there usually aren't uh, incidents. And the following day, we noticed that the exhaust of the car was hanging down. And we just assumed that something maybe had happened on the on the way up from Middleton. But uh, when we started the car, um, it sounded like a kind of a, like a, a manic kind of a consumptive tractor, uh, radically altered, not, not uh, in a good state at all. And um, it later turned out anyway that the catalytic converter had been cut out of the car the previous night and um, this is a, an important car part because it helps to reduce uh, pollutants coming out of the exhaust so it's really important to have that in place and um, the Gardaí told us that four uh, Toyota Priuses that night alone had their catalytic converters removed in County Kilkenny and Kilkenny City 
And over the previous week, there was actually eight reported um, between Kilkenny and Tipperary, all Toyota Priuses. And um, I, I had later read that there are similar patterns of, of um, these thefts of particularly Toyota Prius catalytic converters around the country and in fact internationally. Um, I saw a report of one lady in Sacramento in California who has a catalytic converter stolen four times, four different catalytic converters stolen out of uh, also a 2008 Prius. So, um, and, and just actually the other day, there was a report from the Joint Policing Committee uh, in Dublin City Council and there's, there's been a spate of them up there. Yeah, Gardaí and Sorry, Cork yeah. have been warning of this for the last number of years and have been advising people that certain cars and the year of the car as well, that they are having the catalytic converter stolen from them. And as you mentioned there, it's it's a big component in the car. It's part of the engine. That's right. And um, I was reading in Forbes magazine that it's the second generation Prius. So the one sold between 2004 and 2009 that are prime targets because um, apparently the metals in the older uh, converters are, are um, particularly valuable. They're obviously been kind of robbed to order really. And there's a, I, I assume there must be, you know, a, a gang element to it. Um, so somebody online actually made a very good suggestion that given that it's such a clear pattern, you know, perhaps Gardaí could uh, consider doing a sting operation whereby they might park a, an older Prius somewhere um, and, and um, you know, wait for the, the thieves to come along. And yeah, it, it may it may lead to break choose with other cases. Yeah, that would be a, a very good idea indeed if they can do that. And I presume after you realised what was wrong with the vehicle, you went along to a mechanic. Were they able to look at this? And the mechanic obviously straight away knew what the problem was and and, and what this meant. Yeah, well, it was unmistakable because it was such a guttural kind of a roar that emanated from the engine. So in that sense, at least it wasn't a case of, you know, you're driving off and, you're, you know, you're in jeopardy. Um, but uh, it, it was relatively quick, actually, to get the uh, the part replaced. Uh, quite costly, though, it was around 2,000 uh, euro. And um, thankfully, much of that was covered by insurance. So it's you know it, it it didn't have a huge impact on us but it's definitely I, I would you know definitely advise people with that particular car to be um to be vigilant and luckily the insurance did cover some of that for you Liam but 2000 euros it's a lot of money i mean that will be close enough for a 2008 car it will be close enough to the value absolutely. of a car like that absolutely yeah. i mean it would have been a bit of a dilemma as to what to do um if we had to pay for all of that um so and you know people are so kind of hard pressed at the moment mm. um and it was it was some it was a you know such a swift operation i would imagine it was probably done you know very clinically very very quickly yeah, um, when we've spoken to Gardaí before on this uh, from their research uh, that they reckon, as you mentioned, it's it's done fast. Uh, they go in and out and, and they're gone and there could be uh, just a two-man job uh, in a crime like this, unfortunately. But there's a lack of resources within our local Garda stations. Uh, some Garda stations in rural areas are closed. So with a lack of Gardaí on the beach, is this why crimes like this are happening then? in streets, not only here in Cork or in Kilkenny or Tipperary, but in other counties mm. across the country. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely, um, you know, a, an issue of major concern. And we, we certainly would all like to see more um, guardian duty. 
I think possibly with this particular um, with this particular theft, it, you know, given that it's it's done so you know professionally, for want of a better word, and so so quickly, um, I, I would imagine even if you had a significant you know increase in, in Gardaí, about it, it may not make a huge difference to this particular theft. Um, I think what what may be a deterrent is you know to have visible alarms and visible cameras, but again, they're a major cost to people, and we're in a cost of living crisis, so um, it, it it is it is very difficult. Um, and where you, know, you were I, there I, I in Kilkenny, was there any CCTV in that area? There there wasn't, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And from what I heard of the other uh, three uh, similar thefts that night. Um, there was no such evidence. It's a word of warning to people just to be careful Absolutely. if they have a car of that age. Yep. Uh, could be mm. any brand of car, but just to be extra careful uh, because this has mm. happened before and for some reason in, in the last month or so it seems to be happening again in various areas mm. of the country. So at least you got sorted, Liam, but it was it was costly and something you, you yep. don't want to come out to uh, from your house to your car or wherever you are and, and find mm. your vehicle in that situation. Before I leave you go, Liam, uh, as you are on and have been campaigning for a lot for the family members who have joined us as well on this uh, programme over the last two years regards to the proposed closure of the Ona Curris Centre in Middleton, the uh, mental health facility that do fantastic work there in Middleton. As we have heard over the last two years at this stage, residents don't want to leave. Campaigners want this centre to remain open. And at one point, they were going to move those from Middleton to Sarsfield Court, which would be a lot different location-wise than where Ona Curris is. What's the latest situation on this? Because there's a lot of back and forth between the Mental Health Commission and the HSC. Will we ever see any definite answer coming to this? Because the centre remains open while they debate back and forth. Well, at the moment, there are only six uh, residents remaining. And you you remember there was an original 19. Now, we later um, found out through um, FOI requests, there was actually 20 residents, uh, technically. And one of those residents was on extended leave at the time of the closure announcement. Um, but it seems that they didn't get the opportunity to, to go back to Onokura in the intervening period. But it, it really is an appalling situation. I, I met with um, the residents and some family members in the centre with uh, Green MEP uh, Grace O'Sullivan some weeks back. And it was a very, very heartfelt um, encounter, um, very emotional. We the, the, the residents that we met expressed a strong wish to stay in the Onokura centre. They're very aware that what is happening is wrong. And that some of their fellow residents have been transferred to facilities, you know, where they're far from Middleton, where they may be sharing rooms or where, in the case of Garnish House, they will actually be facing into yet another move in a matter of months because the HSC, uh, the HSC's lease on Garnish House is due to expire at the end of the first quarter of next year. And it's very clear um, from being inside the premises that day with the sun streaming in that this is a, a facility that is actually in much better condition. And it, which is much more like a home than some of the other long stay services in Cork. And I've worked in some of those. And, and that includes services that uh, residents have been offered. And the, the you, you may remember the Iraqis Health Committee have been very clear that the building issues in Onakura are common across services in Cork and are well capable of being addressed. And one of the uh, delegation who visited is a qualified architect. And it's very clear to all of us that this uprooting of, of this very vulnerable group of people is about land, it's about the value of the site, 
And uh, in my view, it's also about the aim of centralizing the service provision costs for what for continuing care. So that's the, the more um, the, the higher ratio of staff to clients to St. Stephen's Hospital and St. Catherine's Ward in, the, in um, St. Finbar's. And these will actually be the only continuing care facilities in Cork into the future, along with uh, Mount Alvernia, which you might be familiar with in North Cork. But Mount Alvernia is, is located, you know, quite a bit outside Mallow. Um, and why I'm saying that about, you know, the, the, the value of the site, et cetera, is we, we discovered through our FOIs and we battled for a year to have these um, released, is that the managers were, were discussing the sale of the Owner Core Centre in 2019 and they were reducing capital investment in the building accordingly. And meanwhile, they were plowing multiples of those amounts into um, upgrades of St. Stephen's and St. Catherine's. And I know as well, the wards in St. Stephen's were built in the 50s. There's similar problems there of asbestos. So none of this makes sense from the point of view of the building rationale. Um, and it was interesting because the HSE released a very defensive statement last week saying that despite the fact that there's been much public debate about uh, the feasibility of renovations, at, at no stage has anyone come forward, they said, with detailed proposals of how to, how to refurbish the building. And yet in October of 2021, a group of families requested that they could appoint an independent structure engineer to do to do just that, to assess the building. Yeah, I and remember that. But where do you go now from here, Liam, with just six residents within Onakara? Uh, what is the future for the next two or three months that the HSE are looking to move things on? Will the centre remain well, open, the, do you think? The latest development is um, the HSE appear to have purchased a house in Middleton, which will accommodate, I believe, three residents. Um so that's in a in a pretty um good location um but it's it's such a it's such a reduced service and it appears it will have you know a staff to client ratio which will only be suitable for the more higher functioning um service users so people with with the higher level of need um are, are in no man's land and we have actually managed to um secure another yet another eroptus committee meeting next thursday um, December 8th, it's the Disability Matters Committee. And the reason I referred it to this committee is because there's a UN Convention on the Rights of the Person with a Disability which says that one such right is to live in your community. And one of the most egregious things that's happening with disclosure is that the, the, the residents are being dislocated from their community, and not just the residents, but the other people in East Cork who require respite or require long stay placements. They have nowhere to go now locally. They, they will have to resort to St. Stephen's or St. Catherine's or Garnish House. Um, and we're, we're left in the kind of, uh, you know, morally absurd situation that you would have been better off in 1988 to have a severe and enduring mental illness in East Cork than in 2022, because in 1988, the first um, bus from Our Lady's Hospital made its fateful journey to the Onokora Centre. And that gave people um, the option for, for the first time in many years for community living and the opposite trajectory is, is happening now. Well, we'll wait and see and hopefully we'll have something more positive coming out from the uh, Rock Disc Committee when you meet them later with this week for the moment. Liam, uh, thanks for joining us this morning on the programme. Thanks very much for having me on.
Thank you. That is Councillor Liam Quaid there, a Green Party councillor in East Cork. And it's John Paul McNamara in for Patricia right through until one. Our lines are open on 0818 103 103 or you can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. And fishers along our coast have been asked to promise not to transport arms to Russia when availing of the government's decommissioning scheme. Irish South and West Fish Producers Organisation CEO Patrick Murphy joins me on this. Good morning to you, Patrick. Good morning, John Paul, and good morning to the listeners. And thanks for joining us. First of all, briefly, just explain decommissioning and what is happening within the fishing industry under this voluntary scheme. Well, thanks to yourself and Patricia, we have been covering this for a lot of the time. So we brought two flotillas, one to Cork City and up to Lee and another up to Dublin. And unfortunately, we are going to lose 19 of those boats that we brought up there in a decommissioning scheme. That's 19 businesses. That's around uh, 140 people on board the vessels alone. And you can imagine how many more jobs ashore that will be when they say it's around six for every job at sea. So you're talking uh, coming up to a 1,000 jobs just from those boats alone um, right across the country. And a huge Um, knock-on effect to coastal communities, Patrick, who would make money off the back of those workers who would spend in the local supermarket or or wherever in the town. Yeah, absolutely. Look, But this is more serious because, you know, we're in a dangerous time, as your Mm -hmm. introduction said. You know, if we have war, we had an uncle of ours, a grand-uncle, who lost his life in the Merchant Navy, you know, trying to bring food into the country. We have a resource here that we catch and bring in food and land it in our own country. And imagine we're taking away the ability to do that in the future. I think it's very sharp-minded. It's very sad to see that our own fishing fleets and our own fishing industry, and we are, all of us are familiar with the, the boats parked up and our piers and shores and indeed harbours right across the coastal communities of Cork and, and across the country. It's just disappearing before our eyes. It is, and that's we said this before, and people mightn't have believed it, but it's true. It's genuinely true. If you go down to some of the fishing ports, like of old, like Baltimore, going to Skull, you know, just two local ones here in West Park, you'd see that fishing is gone. Like, there's pontoons and there's ribs there now and sailing boats, but the fishing community is no longer there. And, and people might think, well, sure, you have the ass and the ribs and everything else, but that's only temporary, that's only mm. for the summer. You know, we're losing schools around our coastal communities. We we have a problem with teachers in Dublin and places like that. But we have a problem with students in rural Ireland. We're, we're losing the fabric of rural Ireland and people can't seem to grasp what we've been warning is coming through. And it, it, it's going to be crazy because in a few years' time we're going to rule this. It's like our building industry and we should be fighting harder for what we have and trying to keep what we have and, and not allow it to be taken away from us. Yeah, and you make a good point. When I mentioned this earlier on in the programme, Jimmy in Mallow says, how many people today in North Cork and other areas are giving out at the loss of the sugar industry when at the time people were fighting for this, it still went ahead. Will we see the same now in a few years' time with regards to our fishing? And I suppose in a way that they are linked and similar is happening uh, to our fishing industry, Patrick. But after all the protests at sea against Russian ships at the start of this year, uh, tell us about this clause that was put, put into the, the contract for those who were deciding to decommission. I think this could be a generic clause, mm-hmm. you know, that any money being paid out from the coffers of Europe, you know, that you can't be using that money to for sedition against Europe or, or our allies in Europe or people that we call our friends by supporting somebody else. But it just shows the madness of what I'm saying. It, you know, it brings it home. People might think I'm 
egging this on, like saying, you know, this is food security I'm really concerned about. Like, we don't know what's going to happen. Like, and we've seen in our history, and it's easily forgotten. I don't understand why I study history myself, the devastation and cities being bombed and blown up. And this happened in, you know, some people's lifetimes that's listening to this. And we are jeopardizing food security by allowing our fleet, perfectly good ships, fantastic modern fleets that have been well looked after by vessels. But because they don't have enough fish to catch that was taken off them in the TCA deal, 25%, they just don't have enough of the fish fishing in their own waters. Like, I'm looking at the stock book now today, and people would be amazed by the amount of fish and the little amount. So hake, for instance, we've 2,300 tonnes of hake out of 44,000 tonnes in our own waters. We have, at the moment, negotiations going on over blue whiting, a fish that spawn, breathe, reared, and are caught in our waters. You know, the best quality, we're trying to bring it into human consumption. Mm. And we have the likes of Norway looking to come in, telling the EU that this is part of the overall deal. We want to come in and catch this fish in Irish waters. What did the Irish get? Nothing. Nothing extra. This is this is what we're fighting about now. Do you know what this fish is worth? No, over a billion euros. A billion euros a to billion euros overall the, the species overall. But for us, we get 3%, you know, and for the other countries then, like of Norway, they're getting nine times as much of of the fish we're allowed to catch in our own waters. So they come from Norway. This this is this is an invasion. Like I said to somebody asked me, how would you describe it? I said the the Norwegians, the Vikings are back. They're coming in now and they're going to take our fish rather than you know the towers and the jewellery. This is our jewellery, and people have to realise this is your jewellery. It's it's not belong to fishermen. They just catch it. They're only the tool that you use to bring this wealth into the country that generates wealth. To our economy, and those and who feel, and those who feel, Patrick, that they have to decommission, then even though some people will say, "Well, they get money." A lot of that money, I presume, then is going to be used to pay off loans that they would have taken out uh, for their boats and the operation of their business. So they might not make a lot of money out of the uh, decommissioning scheme. Absolutely, you're dead right. And, and let me explain this to the people that are listening to this. My job on the task force that advised the minister. In the end, we couldn't agree with the terms and conditions, and I'll explain why. We showed the minister, and it wasn't argued with, it was actually agreed, that to buy one of these boats, on an average per gross tonnage GTs, it was 14,000 per GT and upwards. These fishermen are being told they'll be lucky to get 9,000. So that's a shortfall of 6,000 per GT. So if anybody thinks that these people are getting money to get out of the industry, they're not. They're being shoved out of the industry and they're being, with the gun to their head. There's nothing voluntary about this. They don't have enough fish to survive. They're being forced out of the industry and they're getting paid away less. And this money is not coming from Ireland. It's money coming from Europe in the response to the devastation that the TCA had on our fishing industry. So some people have referred to this as blood money, right, mm. to force our industry out. So this is not a good thing. And these people will have debts. We've, we have a boat, um, John Paul, that was book the trends, right? A family that are not willing to give in and they've spent 7 million euros on a boat. But on the decommissioning scheme, they'd be lucky to get 3 million for that. 
So that's that's what you're talking about. This yeah. is the problem that we have in that's the industry. That's the reality of the that's situation. The reality. And it's very and, sad and to think that we are losing our industry like we have in other industries. But fishing is, you know, really associated with this country and the, the, the volume of fish and the quality of fish that we export and that we provide here. It's just sad to think that it's going that way. But no one, Patrick, looking at the headlines, no one is going to be going into the arms business anyway and uh, leaving or bringing arms to Russia that was in that contract. That's, that's not going to happen. No, the fishermen were the ones that showed the world how passive um, behaviour, right? Protest. Mm. Showed a nation like that that we were able to negotiate with them to push them out of the areas where we were concerned with and into deeper water. That's how we showed, and, and America seen that, and we were complimented for it. It was the fishermen that did this. Yeah. Our commissioner told us that we were the custodians of the sea, but those custodians now are being pushed off the water and they're being underpaid for their assets. They're not getting money out of this. I can promise anybody that's out there. And the easiest way to describe this is any one of those fishermen, if they were told tomorrow morning that we could double the fish that we're allowed to catch, going from 4 and 5% to maybe 8 or 9% in our own waters, they'd be buying new boats. They would stay in the industry. That's the yeah, tragedy that's going on it's here. It's a very, very strange situation that we are telling our own fishermen off our coast that they can fish and to leave the industry. For the moment, Patrick, I have to leave it there. Uh, it's something I'm sure that will be brought up again next year. Uh, but for the moment, if we don't talk to you before Christmas, have a, have a great Christmas. Enjoy it as much as you can. And thanks for all your contributions over the past uh, busy year for the fishing industry, uh, PR-wise, mm-hmm. anyhow. And the same to you, John Paul, and, and to the listeners and to yourself and, and Patricia. Listen, we do appreciate the opportunity to tell the people this. And look, we're not telling any lies here, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, we'll keep fighting, mind you. We'll keep looking to get representation. And we may be even going further on that representation. If we can't do it at home here, we'll have to maybe go to Europe. It's something like that that I think might have to be done. Yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see for the moment, Patrick. Thanks for joining us uh, this morning. That is uh, Patrick Murphy. He's the CEO of the Irish South and West Fish Producers Organisation. Your viewers are welcome on that. 0818103103 by phone or text or WhatsApp 0862103103. It's Cork today until 1. Uh, Bernie, take in your comments on 0818103103. You can text or WhatsApp 0862103103. And a lot of comments in on various uh, issues we've been discussing this morning. First of all, uh, to do with United Ireland, uh, which is uh, mentioned today because of a poll carried out by the Irish Times and Ipsos, and they are looking at what people would require if there was to be a United Ireland. In the Republic of Ireland, the issue of the flag and the anthem is a question, while in Northern Ireland, and the poll was done at the same time, uh, the, the worry in Northern Ireland is services mainly, and our health service, and with the health service here, would that be adequate uh, compared to what people in Northern Ireland are used to with their health service? So, on that, Michael is in Castletown Bear. Uh, Michael is saying, The late Sean Lamas was a man that I greatly admired, says Michael. It is a shame that his party did not follow his ideas and principles. For those around us, and long enough to remember him, he said back in the 50s that he was wary of talk about a united Ireland in a republic that was an economic basket case, uh, that unity would come if it was economically attractive. How right he was. And then 
win and that still stands for today uh, says Michael in Castletown Bear while Jur is in Middleton and Jur feels uh, after watching Mary Lou on the day late on Friday last he says we do need to fix the health service and indeed the housing in this country and then we will get a united Ireland we will all be better off under the one flag says Jur and we're discussing speed vans uh, shortly on the programme uh, this is in relation to calls we're getting uh, on the location of speed vans and everybody realises we do need them on the road and you know, no one wants death or injury on our roadways but some question where they are placed and placed in areas where there's never been a major collision and they are supposed to be in locations where there was or, or are collisions on our roadways. So uh, while we get calls on various roads across Cork one uh, location is on the entrance to Bandon Town and we'll be speaking shortly with the editor of the opinion magazine based in Bandon Eddie Goggin will join us as they've also been receiving calls on that van that's parked on the entrance to the town of Bandon more on that shortly but on speed vans and your comments coming in John says the speed limit going into Crosshaven was 50k last week this week it's 30k and the speed van down here is shooting fish in a barrel fields John nobody was told it was changing speed wise and it's Gardaí we need here not speed vans says John in Crosshaven while Johnny is in Bishopstown he says on the off ramp to Douglas where they are building new homes the workers are getting caught by the speed van it should not be on the off ramp the speed limit is 100k on the off ramp and on the Curraheen Road off the ramp itself the speed is 120 so it is catching drivers going I presume from 120 to 100 and Dennis then is picking me up when I was describing the calls we were getting uh, from listeners on where speed vans are located and some feel if they're on a roadway um, I just said at the top of my head to be honest Dennis about fast lanes uh, Dennis says there's no such thing as a fast lane it's an overtaking lane and you were not permitted to break the speed limit on a road to overtake if you are over the limit you have broken the law and you deserve to be caught says Dennis while another texter says speed vans have to be there because we need them we'll be discussing those shortly on street lights John is in Mallow he's asking why are all the street lights out in the Summer Hill area of Mallow since last Wednesday now I'm not too sure why and if there's every light is out there must be a problem but it's electricity. Uh, they're the ones who look after streetlights in this country so uh, we will get in contact with them but when it comes to streetlights as we had queries as well last week Airtricity always say you can go to their website or you can ring them uh, but they do require a poll number so if anybody in that area has a poll number that then for them will locate that streetlight and they can figure out what is happening and then in time they go out and they sort out the streetlights but we'll check into that with Airtricity if they're all out it uh, must be some type of a problem there uh, in the Summer Hill area of Mallow and from Mallow to Mill Street and a WhatsApp in from a person who says uh, good morning I passed through Mill Street for the first time in a long while and guess what they have brought out the footpaths again like in most towns but at the cross to the McCroom Road uh, how is anybody supposed to turn here? One local is supposed to have taken issue to the workers about this, but it's the engineers and the workers are just carrying out their work. But why are they doing this? It is supposed to slow down traffic at the junction in case of an accident, but I can foresee a lot more accidents with two lorries trying to pass at this particular junction in Mill Street. It's now going to be narrow as they now will have to mount the footpaths if they meet. And that's a very good point. Um, And I got calls last week as well on this. And the reason 
first of all, they're extending footpaths, as people will know right across every town and village across Cork. Uh, this is happening. It's under the Town and Village Renewal Scheme. It was brought in in 2019. It's happening right across the country. But uh, that junction at, in Mill Street, first of all, as you turn whatever way you're going to McCroom, left or right, as you do turn from McCroom, it's narrow enough as it is. But now with the footpaths widened, and there will be a lot of trucks using that roadway uh, to go to McCroom and vice versa to go to Mill Street uh, yeah they will it will be very tight for two lorries to first of all for one lorry even to go around that corner now uh, they'll more or less I would presume from your WhatsApp go to the other side of the road but if two lorries meet it is going to be uh, yeah it's going to cause problems because it would have caused problems more or less as it was not to mind now if the footpaths are wider anyhow uh, this WhatsApper is asking uh, for people's views on this and would love to know why they keep doing this at every junction well it's coming under the town and village renewal scheme and why that is fine for some cities where there's a large footfall in county towns it does cause problems and like you have outlined it will cause problems there uh, for those turning at the McCroom Road Junction in Mill Street thank you for your WhatsApp and then this one has, uh, this is from Pat and Mallow. It's to do with the deer that people in the Mallow area will be familiar with around Mallow Castle. Pat was at the playground in Mallow uh, yesterday afternoon and he said he witnessed young boys, teenagers, who decided to, they must have jumped a gate or something and they then started vandalising the wooden deer sculpture within the castle grounds and they then started chasing the herd of deer and the deer were upset and ran away. Why is this left to happen? This isn't the first time uh, Pat says it has happened, but it's very upsetting, first of all, for the deer, but for animal rights to see this happening. Uh, thank you, Pat, in Mallow, for your text. And I've got calls as well on this, and I'm not too sure if there's security cameras in the area or what can be done. Uh, but if others notice this, and also deer, if they get uh, frightened, you know, they can run. Now, it's a wonder that the deer didn't attack those who were uh, hunting them or chasing them. But, you know, if, if they decided to run off and did get out onto a roadway you know it's, it's rotting season at the moment where deers are mating and there's warnings from the road safety authority to be careful if you're travelling in areas where uh, deer would be mating uh, various areas of Cork are affected by this so that's the last thing you, you would need to happen is an, an accident to happen due to people chasing the deer uh, thank you Pat for your call and then when I was speaking to Patrick Murphy uh, regarding the fishers and the decommissioning of our fishing industry but also uh, that news report that was out on the fact that they were told to make sure when they decommission that they can't um, arm or send arms to Russia which they hope is just something generic now in all contracts within the EU because of what is happening in Ukraine. Well, uh, a texter on this says, well that all sounds perfectly reasonable to me because this texter feels the fishermen were uh, politically uh, in favour of Russia because they bent over backwards to praise the Russian ambassador uh, says that texter well I suppose you could say then they did at the start that they changed their mind and then they went out uh, and their protests uh, off our shores against Russia using Irish waters or coming into Irish waters anyhow thank you for uh, your text and WhatsApp keep those coming on 0862103103 or call Bernie with your views on 0818103103 and John Gilroy from the Ukraine collection we spoke to him on the show last Friday uh, just to mention that they are having a collection for Ukraine that they are travelling out bringing much needed goods uh, one of those goods is generators because of the lack of electricity now in the country 
and they'll be having a collection in Mallow tomorrow Tuesday from 7pm at the Mallow Search and Rescue Base if you want to go along there tomorrow evening. Lines open, text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103 and the issue of speed cameras we'll be discussing that next. Ho, ho, ho! Santa's Christmas Calls with Dan Seaman Motors. The ho, ho, home of Fiat. Alfa Romeo, Jeep and Fiat Professional in Cork. See dansiemanmotors.ie On Cork's greatest hits, C103. And Santa Calls are back on C103. Would you like your little one to get a call back from the big man himself? Well, just head over now to c103.ie Fill out the form and your child could be getting a call back from Santa. It all happens with Nick Richards in the afternoon. He's with you weekday afternoons from one here at C103. C103 Jobs. With the new Charleville Nursing Home. Find their current available positions at molumhealthcare.com forward slash careers. Senior account executive is required in the Bandon area. You can send your CV to dcolanan at glasslandvets.ie. Two cleaners are wanted in Mallow. Email your CV to carry.murphy at osborne.ie. And a carpenter is wanted for a housing development in Cork McSherry. Send your CV to jobs at hamiltonfrench.com. You'll find these details and more job opportunities online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash job. Shortly we're going to be speaking with Citizens Information and discussing consumer rights on the run up to Christmas but first we've been getting calls about a go safe van better known as speed vans which can be parked on the entrance to Bandon Town Now also the opinion magazine based in Bandon has been receiving calls and its editor Eddie Goggin joins me this morning Good morning to you Eddie Good morning John Paul, how are you? I'm fine and thanks for joining us and you wrote a piece in this month's edition about this speed van or go safe van and why no one Eddie wants to see injury or death on our roadways and we are very aware why these speed vans operate and people welcome them in areas where there has been collisions or, or dangerous parts of main roadways. The parking of this van has got people asking questions. Absolutely, it has really annoyed a lot of people uh, good, respectable uh, citizens who've they're always law-abiding and all of a sudden they realise that they, um, they've been landed with three penalty points and a fine of €160 Euro. and they just think it's unfair and uh, and I think it's unfair because um, if I go back to 2010 when uh, the RSA introduced the speed cameras events um, Gayburn was the, the, the chairman of the RSA at the time. And they went about it in such a way they wanted to bring the motors with them. They told the motors that these vans were going to be located in dangerous stretches of road where there was a, a, a history of, of um, accidents. And they were going to advise the motors in advance with a sign to indicate that there was a speed camera ahead. And, and and the people went with that, and the motors went with that. And you were going through life, you have to be fair. Whether you're a teacher teaching children, whether you're a ref, refereeing a GA match, or whether you're an employer dealing with an employee, or vice versa. And if there's fairness there, people will go with it. And they'll accept it. They'll accept any rule or regulation provided it's fair. But what makes this unfair is that 
you're coming to a stretch of road where there is no signage in advance to say what the speed limit is. It's one of the widest stretches of roads in West Cork. And there has absolutely been no history of serious accidents on this section. Like if you go into the Go Safe um, uh, mission statement, as you call it themselves, they say the location of safety cameras is based on research and analysis of speed-related collisions over a five-year period. Areas of recurring incidents identified in this analysis have been provided or been prioritised for the location of safety cameras. Now, if you apply that to the van located outside Kelleher's and the entrance to Bandon, if you apply that to the van that's located in Courtback Shurry near the church, or or the entrance to Skull Village, like, it's pure balderdash. And the one we, we spoke and mentioned earlier in Bandon, the 50k sign, as you mentioned, I know there's a new 50k sign going up on the entrance as you approach the town, but beyond the roundabout, beyond Kevin O'Leary's, there's no signage on what the speed no. is there. So if you don't know the area, you will know no, what no. speed you should be going. Like if you come off the, 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 the Link Road, the, the Relief Road in Bandon, and you, by Kevin O'Leary's roundabout, and you come into the town, and uh, you have absolutely no indication of what the speed limit is. And and really, see, what what's happening is basically this. People just are now copying to the fact that this is the, it, 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 it's, it's a, a kind of a cheap trick to catch people uh, and, and to get their money. And it, it's, it's a money-raising exercise it has absolutely nothing to do with road safety. And see, once the motorist sees this, they're going to start flashing lights and they're going to be telling motorists and oncoming motorists about this land because they don't accept it. They're not bringing the motorists with them, just like Gabriel did back in 2010. So there are 1,373 speed vans in this country at the moment. And as you rightly say at the very start, many of them are located in places where there is a history of dangerous driving and let's be honest, road safety is paramount. We all want road safety. We all uh, despise the, the fact that people are reckless on roads and can cause accidents or death. Nobody wants that. But people want a fair system and go safe are not operating a fair system. And I would say to go safe, why not take position in dangerous sections of road where they would play a more meaningful role. And I also think that Angara Shikana has a role to play in this because it's very important in all communities that a good relationship builds up between the law and the people. And I think it's vital that that, that relationship is, 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 is positive and uh, measured and that there's a good, good, good um, relationship between both. But like, this is really annoying people, frustrating people. We've people, a couple of ladies uh, this month have been on to be uh, have been cut, and they never broke a rule in their lives on the road. And all of a sudden, here they are with three penalty points and a fine for 160. And it's just not fair. And I think that Go Safe should have a serious look at the whole Waterstop Brandy and go back to where it all started uh, in 2010 with a, a much more um, understanding way 
I, I'm sure that the CEO, uh, Sam Weed, and, and the chairman of the RSA, Liz O'Donnell, that their heart is in the right place. I wouldn't for a moment think that it's not. They've done a huge amount for road safety. But like, what is happening at the moment is totally unacceptable to a lot of people's minds. And that's why I wrote about it. And that's why I think that there should be a change of heart. And I think a lot of people agree with you that I see text coming in uh, on the way that it's catching fish in the barrel and that it's a money-making racket. But other people are saying uh, Eddie is right because for years we needed something done about the Waterloo Junction uh, near Blarney and there is now a speed camera which is located there. But it's good because of the amount of accidents and deaths that occurred on that part of the road. But there is other areas where there was no deaths or no accidents and yet uh, there are speed cameras there. But I feel those ones are just catching people who may be coming off uh, an overtaking lane or a fast lane as some people would call it and they're getting caught going down speeding from uh, maybe 105 to 100 or going uh, as somebody else said off the batting colleague bypass from 120k to 100k uh, but do you feel maybe the local guardie as in not the guardie in the ground but the, the those high up the superintendents are, are higher should get involved with this and with the road safety authority well, I, I absolutely think so, because it, it, as I said at the very start, it's an unfair system. It's it's going totally against the whole uh, spirit of the operation. And, and when does an unfair system, you know, you, unfair system will always lead to uh, people being totally um, uh, against the system because they feel that it's not fair. Do you feel they're losing the dressing room, so to speak, on this one? Oh, they, they are. Yeah. And, 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 and why, I, why I feel strong about it is that I do feel strong on road safety. And there is a, a great need for, for, for these speed vans in sections where they were intended to first stay. But they're being located. Like there's another one, as I said, when I go going to Cortbeck Sherry on a wide section of road. And visitors going down the skull during the summer months they're being greeted by another speed van just as they come into the village of Skull in a very, very safe location. And it's, but it's an easy target. You'll get the money. And that's, that's why like, they've increased the number from 60 to 120. That has nothing to do with road safety. That has to do with collecting money, in my book, in where they're located in places like this. Yeah, and yeah. as you say, if, if this is going to continue, people are turning away and not coming away with a good idea of the system and of speed cameras or, or the go-safe vans, so they'll turn against them, which won't be any good for road safety. That's exactly the point, and that's exactly why I think they should have a rethink and and uh, place these speed vans in places that really pose a threat to road safety. And by doing that, you bring the public with you and you won't have people ringing into your um, radio program or writing to our magazine, your opinion, uh, complaining and feeling very annoyed, frustrated over this. They just feel that they have been caught unfairly. And that, like, and people being caught 52 miles an hour, that's a speed part of the road. Like, you I'm not dictating what speed there should be travelling, but I am saying that it's there's no history of car accidents in that section across from Kellers going into Bandon, and there's no history of serious car accidents in other places in West Cork that are located, particularly in Skull and Quadrigary. 
Yeah, so if I put them there then uh, for the moment Eddie it's a good point you raise we'll see a lot of people agreeing with you on this as well and we'll see what reaction the Road Safety Authority will take uh, from what you wrote and this interview today but for the moment Eddie thanks for joining us this morning on the programme Thank you very much John Paul Take care that is Eddie Goggin there who was editor of the Opinion magazine based in Bandon on that speed camera or speed van which is uh, causing anger really for those travelling into Bandon no signs and no speed signs even up to tell you what speed you should be going but that camera catching people out uh, because of uh, well its location in an area that he said where there's never been an accident uh, and it's in a major collision uh, and on that a lot of people are reacting to this to agree with what the Eddie is saying but also somebody here is saying hidden cameras will solve speeding uh, and yes they would but I suppose even with a hidden camera they put a sign up warning that cameras are ahead there uh, in a lot of the road networks in the UK but still they have signs up warning uh, that there is a hidden camera on the way and I'm sure they also have the speed limit along the roadway as well so you're not guessing what speed should I be going anyhow your views are welcome 0818 103 103 or you can text or whatsapp 0862 103 103 Court today on C103 call Patricia with your comment 0818 103 103 time for our citizens information segment for this month I'm joined by Karen Crowley information officer with the South Good morning to you, Karen. Good morning. And uh, this is very topical because we're discussing consumer rights today. And Karen, it's a time of the year where we're all purchasing our, our Christmas presents for our friends and our family. So we do need to keep in mind certain items when we are purchasing, don't we? We do, absolutely. And um, I suppose timely as well is the new Consumer Rights Act, which came into force just last week on the 28th of November. And it's brought about a number of positive changes for consumers. So... In short, I'm not going to go go right into it. Um, We now have stronger rights to redress for faulty goods. So this includes the straightforward option of cancelling a faulty purchase within 30 days for a full refund. You're looking at greater accountability for service providers. So this is going to require tradespersons and vendors to provide tangible redress if services are not up to an agreed standard. You're also looking at a ban on fake reviews with businesses prohibited from posting or paying others to post fake reviews for their products. So hopefully that's going to help us all. And there will be new rules for online marketplaces like eBay, Amazon and Etsy. So they're going to have to meet transparency requirements on search rankings and seller details. So all of that, along with protection for consumers of digital contact and services, including the right to software updates, um, I suppose, is in, in. now in the Consumer Rights Act and it can only be a good thing. Yeah, indeed. It's definitely a good thing. And uh, one thing we all purchase for some people at Christmas is vouchers. And we constantly get calls at the first week of the new year from people who received a voucher. So if you were giving a present or as a voucher, a gift of a voucher, uh, just go through the legislation with regarding this. Well, the legislation, again, it's pretty new in that it's 2019 and it brought in some rules. So gift vouchers, they must now have no expiry date or be valid for at least five years. Traders cannot specify that a gift voucher is spent in one transaction. They also cannot charge a fee to change the name on a gift voucher. So if you have to register the name of the voucher, there should be no fee to change it. If the balance remaining on that gift voucher is more than one euro, after you buy something with it, the trader must reimburse the balance to you. So they can either give you cash, make an electronic transfer, or give you another gift voucher. Now, this all applies to those after 2019. 
So if you happen to have a voucher thrown in the back of the drawer, as sometimes we all find every now and again, um, that was sold before the 2nd of December 2019, the expiry period and the terms and conditions that applied at the time of purchase does apply to that particular voucher. And I know something that came up last year when we spoke of this were maintenance fees. So people- Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. People should check for maintenance fees on gift cards, particularly as something like a 50 or a gift card can be eaten up once these begin. And they tend to kick in usually after 12 months. So keep an eye for that. Yeah, totally. And while we encourage everybody to shop local this Christmas, people will be shopping online. So for those who are online, I mean, what do we need to know about how to stay safe when we are shopping online? So many changes in the, in the last number of years and Brexit as well has caused a change. It has. So I would definitely be looking at where is this business based? Happy days if it's in Ireland. Um, but... If it's outside of the EU as a whole, you really should consider finding an alternative EU store. So look for something in Ireland or within the EU to ensure that you have stronger rights should an issue arise in the future. Definitely buy from reputable retailers. So when you're shopping online, important to do some quick research, check the reviews and the social media pages. And if you have heard of them and you know of them, it's likely that it's going to be safe for you. Check their cancellation and returns policy. When buying goods online from non-EU-based businesses, read those T's and C's on the website and check if you can return or cancel your order if you change your mind, because it can be quite difficult when you're looking at something outside of the EU. Also check for additional taxes and charges, so this would be really Brexit-related. If you're buying from a business outside of the EU, so this would include the UK, be sure to read the T's and C's on their website for details of any import charges or additional charges you may have to pay, for example, VAT or customs charges on on delivery and 
as as we all know and have gotten burnt with. These now apply to purchases from the UK businesses as well. Yeah, and the, the VAT, as you mentioned there, in relation to custom charges for the UK, I mean, it, it can really vary, can't it, from pr- price to price, depending on the product you get? It can, and I mean, like ourselves with with um, with VAT, you know, there's different rates on everything. Mm. So if you're unsure, go back to the supplier, go back to the seller, check with them beforehand and before you accept delivery and pay those charges. And what happens then if you do purchase something online and you realise when you receive it the product is faulty? I mean, uh, have you a right to redress for, for faulty goods from an online purchase? Well, you would look at a right of return. So if you have a problem with something that you've bought, it's always the seller who must put things right. So there are stronger rights to redress for faulty goods than previously under the new act that we spoke about. And this includes the straightforward option of cancelling a faulty purchase within 30 days for a full refund. And you have to do that within, the, if you're over 30 days, you probably would not get the full refund then, I presume, no? Well, I suppose it's it's different. There are different rules. Yeah. So that would be the Just beware of the timeline. Point. Yeah. Beware of the timeline. If what to do, if you're not satisfied with the quality of a product or a service, and sometimes that will come with use, you should return the item to the seller. Okay, not the manufacturer, the seller. Act as soon as you can, because a delay can indicate you've accepted faulty products. Don't attempt to repair the item yourself or give it to anyone else to repair it. And make sure you've proof of purchase. So your receipt is great, but a credit card statement will also do. And for services, keep all evidence of damage caused by poor work. For example, take some photos. And if a product is faulty, and I suppose this is key with what you just asked, if a product is faulty within six months of purchase, it is assumed the problem existed when you received it. Okay, and if you do find yourselves in a situation where you cannot avail of a refund or a repair or replacement of the products, what happens in that situation then? Have you grounds? So you may have no grounds if you were informed about the defect before you bought the item. So if the goods were marked shop soiled or the car dealer told you that a part needed replacing or if the damage was caused by your own misuse or negligence. If the fault appears six months after it was received, you may have to prove that it was not caused by you. Or if you made a mistake when buying the item. So will they if you bought a black dress instead of a navy or entering the wrong dates for a flight All of those things are going to be basically on our own heads if that happens or if the fault is superficial and you examine the item before you bought it and should have seen seen the defect. So for for all of these, you know, that's not going to, to help you in your cause. But if you were to buy something and we'll say change your mind about it later, um, can you return the item and get a refund? And then that's something that comes, I suppose, after Christmas. We would say you're not automatically entitled to a refund from returning an item you bought in a shop because you have simply changed your mind. If there's nothing wrong with it, then you've no legal right to return the goods. Whether or not you can get your money back is going to depend on the seller's returns policy. And just staying with returns, what if you get a gift from someone but you don't like the gift? What can you do in that situation? So... In that situation, there are some shops that may exchange the item if you received it as a gift and want to exchange it for something else. But you are going to need a receipt or at least a gift receipt from the person who gave it to you. And most importantly is to remember that there is no legal requirement for the shop to exchange unwanted gifts. 
And then uh, back to online, I suppose, then uh, uh, staying in that situation, have you any more rights in that regard uh, when you're buying something online, uh, similar with a gift, if, if you get a gift receipt for maybe one of the online stores, does the same apply or is there different rights? There is. There's, you've got something called the Consumer Rights Directive and this gives you extra rights when you buy online from sellers based in Ireland and other EU countries. Now, under the CRD, you have 14 calendar days to change your mind without having to give a reason. And I think we've all dealt with this, um, particularly when organising insurance or health insurance or something online, you'd always be told you have a 14-day cooling-off mm. period. But that's the same with any purchase. So the right to cancel, as I said, it's known as cooling-off. Now, bear in mind, again, these rights do not apply to deals where you buy from a private individual or if you buy from a trader based outside of the EU. And then looking ahead to after Christmas and the sales come about, I mean, the, the rights we mentioned now, are they the same type of rights in the situation of a, a major sale in a, in a shop, in a store? You have the very same rights shopping the sales as you do at any other time of the year. So if an item is faulty, your rights do not change just because it was on sale. Always remember, a consumer has a right to expect a product to be of satisfactory quality, fit for purpose and as described. And just when we mentioned various things there, one to do with contracts, I'm not sure if you can answer this one or maybe we, we can come back with an answer uh, later. This is to do with someone um, who has changed, changing broadband provider and is going from Vodafone to Sky and they contacted Sky and were changing over, but they were doing this after the contract date. Their contract date was the 2nd of November and they rang Vodafone on the 4th of November saying they were leaving them. But with broadband, a number called a UAE, where the the provider switches their broadband automatically to the new provider, that had already switched before the end of contract date, even though uh, the consumer has paid their contract in full they paid up Vodafone in full Vodafone now want them uh, to pay a large amount of money over 200 euros because they claim they broke the contract even though they pay their uh, full amount for the month they did not ring Vodafone until the 4th of November to say they were leaving them but seemingly the line that goes into the house started changing two days before the contract was up Um, what would be someone's rights in that situation? That actually sounds very grey, to be honest with Mm. you, and you're going to be looking at the nitty-gritty of the contracts. And what I would suggest to anybody or whoever has sent this query in is you need to talk to the CCPC. So that's the Consumer Protection Commission. They're absolutely fantastic. They deal with these types of things every single day and they will set you right straight away and tell you exactly where you stand and tell you where to go from here. They're brilliant for that sort of thing. Um, so that would be my advice on that. Go have a chat with the CCBC. This is going to come down to terms and conditions. And if, in theory, the money was paid, but there was a breach of contract still two days beforehand, as I said, you've gone into this really grey area. So I would be talking to the experts about that. OK, that's for Norma on text. We'll send that to the CCPC. And very finally, Anne, who won a voucher for afternoon tea at a hotel. Uh, the hotel were not doing the voucher for the last two years due to the pandemic. Uh, now they're back open. So she's wondering, can she use her voucher? I presume she still can if, if it's valid. Uh, and if she got it in 2019, I would imagine. Yeah, if she got it after the 2nd of December 2019, then irrespective of what's stamped on that voucher, it is valid for five years. And the hotel is, is honour-bound. You know, they're going to have to honour it. Now, I suppose what I would say there is, have a check again, T's and C's, 
you know, it could be that it's only available on certain days of the week and, and she would be restricted by that. But the voucher would certainly be valid from, from a legislative point of view for five years from the 2nd of December 2019. But like that now, if it was bought on the 1st, then they may not. But if it's after the 2nd, they will. And the other thing, actually, I think is very important this morning, it's something that has come up only this morning and come to our attention, is the security issue um, for people. So I don't know if you've heard, but it appears that digital pickpocketing has become an issue in Cork. Digital, I haven't heard of digital pickpocketing, but explain, we, we may have been aware of this. Explain what, what, what you mean by this. So, so what's going on is it's when your card is tapped, much like when you do it yourself in a shop or a restaurant. Oh, yeah. So... It was only this morning as I was heading into work, it hit the news and I went, oh Lord, you have all of these consumers out there at the moment with their cards in their pockets. So if you notice a charge between 5 and 30, that seems to be the thing that you know you didn't make, they're actually asking that you report it to the Gardaí because, let's face it, you or I look at something on our statement and you see something that's 30 euros or under and you're going to go, what's that? And probably forget about it. But if the Gardaí don't know these crimes are happening, they can't prevent them. So everybody start taking notice and a couple of the protection measures that have been advised include, it sounds a little bit funny, but it's very effective, line your wallet with tinfoil. So getting, or alternatively, get a wallet with inbuilt protection or use Apple or Google Pay on your phone because this actually needs your face ID to activate. So obviously those mobile tapping machines aren't going to be able to tap into this. So what I took from it anyway was basically a loose card in your pocket is prime for digital pickpocketing. So let's not try and be one of those this Christmas. And I know that I'm guilty of it myself. If I know I'm going somewhere, I'll pop it into my pocket for ease of access. So basically someone is going around with a, a card machine more than likely, is it? And then tapping it near yeah. you by, yeah. nearby and it's taking the money out of your account. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm hearing. Or if oh. you're up at a bar buying a round of drinks, they obviously know you've got the card close by, so walk past you. And they have these lovely little mobile machines now, and it's, it, they're a fantastic advancement for people um, to use. But unfortunately, they're being used um, incorrectly by yeah. certain elements of society. So it's just that it came up this morning and we were covering consumer and I just thought I'd slip it in there just to create a little bit more awareness that it has been identified from what we can gather as an issue around Cork and just a bit of awareness. And so keep, keep well, Christmas happy and safe and, and keep your money in your own pocket. Yeah, you, could, you couldn't make it what up. You want to. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You're really careful. I know the, the the devices you mentioned there. You'd see a lot of the small retailers have them, and they're the size just a bit bigger than a mobile phone. So it is easy yeah. for someone to walk past and, and scan your card. Yeah, absolutely. And we've all heard about it. You know, I mean, we've all heard about it the last few years, and thought, mm. oh, we should get one of those wallets. But this is actually becoming really predominant now, particularly this Christmas. So, you know, I be aware. That that's all we would say. And I and as well, just to finish up, obviously, if anybody needs more information on anything we've spoken about or any of the other topics, give our service a call. Check our website on citizensinformation.ie. As always, our service is free and confidential. And I am very happy to be able to tell everybody that we are now back open here in Mallow and serving the our clients face-to-face. So we're open on a Monday, Wednesday and a Thursday. Other than that, you can contact us on 0818078000 or you can contact Bantry on 0818078390 and we're very happy to take the calls at any time and offer information and advice. And do people need to make an appointment first before they drop in? No, they do not. Just now, at peak just walk in and if we can take you, we absolutely will. If you want, if you know you need an allotted 
period of time if you know that it's a form that needs to be filled up and that's going to take a little bit of time it's best maybe ring ahead and let us know and we can tell you whether we need to give you an appointment or if it's okay that to come on in because we are getting quite busy as word is going around that we're open so if you absolutely need us on a specific day give a ring and make an appointment but alternatively we're very happy to take drop-ins as and when we can. Okay, Karen, well, thank you for that and all the information covered uh, this uh, morning and uh, to you, Karen, and indeed to Anne and George and all of you who help out here every month on our Citizens Information slot. Have a, a happy and safe Christmas and we'll chat to you again in the new year. And to you too. Thank you very much. Take care. That is Karen Crowley there, Information Officer with the South Munster Citizens Information Centre who are based, uh, Karen is based anyhow in Mallow. As you know, they have offices right across Cork City and County. It's Cork Today until one. Our lines are open. Your views are welcome. 0818103103. Bernie taking those calls. You can text or WhatsApp 0862103103. And the same numbers if you have a question for Annalisa from the Health Hub in Balling College. She'll be answering all your nutritional questions after 12.30 and you can contact us on those numbers as well if you have a question for Annalisa but to the weather we go and snow is expected in some parts of the country anyhow this week uh, temperatures to dip to around minus 4 degrees well let's get more and joined by Alan O'Reilly from Carlo Weather good afternoon to you Alan Good afternoon, PJ. And it's the question, I suppose, that some people some people love it some people hate it but snow, will we get snow? Um, I wouldn't be expecting much snow from most places, especially down south. There is a risk of some wintry showers later in the, sh- in the week, certainly, but mainly in northern areas. Um, it's the cold really is going to be the main issue and icy conditions. And there could be a wintry shower, but not expecting much up until Thursday or Friday. Um, but that can change. So it's uh, keep an eye on the forecast because it's certainly going to get cold enough for snow. Yeah, and mentioning the cold, I mean, we're hearing of those temperatures of, of minus four or lower. I mean, are we going to see further cold spells going into next week? Yeah, so temperatures getting down to minus four, minus five at night time. But the problem as well is it's only going to get up to two or three by day from Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And the wind chill is going to make it feel below zero throughout the day. So even when it gets up to two or three degrees, it's going to feel like minus two in the wind chill. Um, it does look like it's going to last into the weekend, certainly. That's kind of fairly agreement now on the weather models. But into next week, there's a little bit of uncertainty, but the risk of cold weather continuing into next week is increasing. So we could see this cold weather hang around for seven days at least, maybe 10 and possibly even 14. And we had a mild winters over the last two years and even on the run up to this winter, it's been quite mild and warm for the time of the year. So these cold conditions, a bit of a shock to the system. Yeah, I mean, we had a remarkably mild, if wet, November. So this is going to feel like a shock to the system. And as you say, we really haven't had a decent blast of cold in a few years. So by Wednesday, I think most people will be remembering what it felt like to be really cold. Um, <laughs> it's certainly going to feel cold with that wind chill as well. And the problem really, Peter, is people trying to heat homes now with the temperature not getting up by the day it's going to make it hard to retain heat. So the heating bills as well, that's probably going to be one of the other biggest issues because it's going to cost a lot more to heat the homes um, than it has in previous years. Yeah, and the energy crisis at the moment is not going to help that or indeed, as you mentioned, the cost of bills. But this weather front we're seeing, it's coming from the Arctic, isn't it? Not really from the, the east like we've seen before. It's more Arctic conditions. 
Yeah, it started off as kind of a slack easterly, but the, the Europe hasn't really been that cold. So the easterly was cool, and it is like cool today, but it hasn't been that cold. But now we're going to see wings go north, and that wind is going to pull in some Arctic air, which is going to come down towards us. And as I say, by Wednesday, we're really going to have some very cold air right above us and that biting northerly wind chill as well. So it's it's certainly going to feel much, much colder now as we go through the week. And as you mentioned, into next week, is there any chance of snow next week or is it too early to say as yet? I know it's, it's always too early on the charts to predict that, but is there a chance that we could see, uh, as the temperatures drop, a, a threat of snow next week? Yeah, certainly. I mean, if, if the cold weather continues into next week, the longer the cold stay in place, the more risky you get a snow kind of developing because there will be showers at times and we could see some low pressure systems come towards us and if it's cold enough then that turns to snow so if the cold does last into next week then the, the risk of snow is increasing um, however if you're a child looking for a snow day from school I wouldn't be getting too excited just yet OK and I'm really looking ahead here but a white Christmas any uh, predictions this year? Yeah really really hard to say this far out I mean it would be pretty phenomenal for the cold to last that long but sometimes what we do see is kind of a mild interlude and then a reload of the cold and we haven't had a white Christmas since 2010 so we are well overdue one but uh, it's it's wait and see I wouldn't be going to the bookmakers and putting any money on it <laughs> OK well we'll wait and see what happens for the moment uh, Alan thanks for joining us this afternoon and wrap up for the next few weeks uh, that is Alan O'Reilly there from Carlo Weather so yes we can expect the cold temperatures uh, for at least the next week and a bit and uh, snow well uh, we'll have to wait and see. Keep an eye on the weather, I think, is the message. Get up and go, Diaries. Brendan, who joined us on the show this day last week, we have more of those to give away today on the programme. We have a health and well-being uh, Get Up and Go Diary. These are those positive diaries with great inspirational messages. We have one of those, plus a wall planner. Also, uh, the original Get Up and Go Diary, also a wall planner included in that, plus a young person's diary. If you want to win those, just text me your name and indeed where you are now to... 0862103103 WhatsApp on the same number we'll keep the text lines open for about 5 or 10 minutes and we'll pick a winner before the end of the show and from the weather to calls and comments that have been coming in to us across the morning first of all on the issue with speed vans and where they are parked and a lot of people feel the location of one entering Bandon Town uh, really I suppose isn't good enough for, and as Eddie Goggin the editor of the Opinion magazine who joined us feels they're not bringing the motorists with them when they're trying to implement road safety uh, no sign-up warning, first of all, but also no speed signs. You don't know what speed you should be going on that stretch of road. Uh, an interesting uh, text here from a person when it comes to the issue of speeding. Uh, this person says, the best way to ban someone is for two weeks from driving after they get caught for speeding. Then they may have learned their lesson. And if they drive then within that two weeks of the ban, take the car off them for a month. Would that reduce the risk of speeding on our roadways? Uh, one way to deal with it, I suppose, if someone is caught for speeding, take the car off them, they would be inclined to do that again so fast. And somebody else saying, warning drivers uh, is a joke. Speed limits are there for a reason. Uh, well, I suppose in the connection of the case in Bandon, it's really to do with the fact that if you don't know the area, if you're coming off uh, uh, the, the bypass road into Bandon Town, there's no indication of what the speed limit is. So you don't know, is it still 60k or is it 50k? And that's how people are being caught. Uh, the 
no one was unsure of what the speed limit is uh, now it's 50k as you enter the town and many would say maybe you should know that because most towns are 50k but at the same time there should be signage uh, to warn and let people know uh, that the speed limit is 50k anyhow you're causing comments with regards to the issue of those speed vans that we dealt with earlier in the show also uh, something from last Friday this is from Martin I think on WhatsApp who listened to our repeat of the show and of course the show is repeated in the evenings from 11pm and this is going back to Jill Hines who joined us on the show last Friday and she was discussing the fact that at the moment and this a lot of this is due to the cost of living and the lack of housing uh, young people remaining in their parents home and remaining there maybe into their late 20s early 30s because they can't afford to leave the house but the effect that has then on the family unit when you have three or four adults all in the one house that was the topic of it Uh, Martin then is making the point that for some it's not possible and in fairness Jill did discuss discuss that and went into the reasons of how it may not be possible for people to leave the family home and Martin is pointing out the high rent the cost of housing and all of that and there could be mental or physical disabilities with the person uh, he just felt that the full facts weren't dealt with with the lady well in fairness she did go into the, the high rent but she was more or less dealing with the uh, the consequences I suppose of having so many adults within the house and really today do we need not kick people out but uh, there's a lack of life experience then when people live at home for longer when they do eventually leave the family home they're lacking that life experience uh, that they might have had if they left in their early 20s or late teens like some would have done and yes and Martin you're right the high rents are preventing that and people would love to uh, especially those how many do we have at the moment who are travelling and commuting we only dealt with this about a month ago on the show people uh, commuting from far west Cork to Cork City for college people commuting from Charleville to Limerick for college they would love to be uh, living in for example Limerick so they can go out on a night with their students friends or attend something outside of the lectures in UL or wherever they're going to college uh, and likewise for those attending CIT or what is it MTU now the uh, what was CIT in Bishopstown MTU and UCC uh, that they would love to you know meet their friends after all the learning takes place but they can't do that they have to return home and that's due to the high costs uh, and you're right Martin uh, and that is preventing people but at the same time there's a life cycle then where people are losing out and they're missing uh, the life experience due to that and that's what Jill was getting at that we, we, we lose that life experience as people go on uh, I mean you can't even though it's tough house sharing can be tough but if you start at a young age in college it isn't that tough and you can't beat the friends you make over the years with regards to house sharing and the bonds that people make uh, so a lot of the friends I have over the years are from sharing houses over the last number of years and you can create great bonds and also the phrase come live with me to know me uh, you really get to know a person when you live with them so uh, thank you for your WhatsApp uh, Martin to 0862103103 and on something totally different this is to do with dog fouling and a texter says I have dogs and I would never let them foul on a footpath and just leave it there but this person was in Bantry yesterday and there was a guy walking his dog on the pavement the dog fouled and the guy I just left it there. 
and walked off. Now, we were actually walking towards him, says this texter. He saw us and just left it there. As he walked by, I said, I think you have left something behind you. He ignored me. Now, I would have followed him and had it up with him if my takeaway kebab wasn't getting cold. But it's absolutely disgusting. Indeed, it is. Uh, Thank you for your text regarding dog fouling. And then earlier on, I was discussing uh, how people in Mill Street and those visiting the town uh, are a bit perplexed and not happy that the footpath on the corner to the McCroom Road is being widened. This is all part of that change that's going on within the town and uh, village renewal schemes that came into place in 2019 and they are, as you know, widening footpaths in all towns and villages right across uh, the country. And uh, we were mentioning how hard it will be for Arctic trucks and lorries just to get around uh, that corner. It was tough enough as it was, but it will be tougher now. And this is coming in from a resident of Mill Street who says, Hi, John Paul, I live in Mill Street and as an ex-Arctic driver, uh, think that widening of the footpath on the corner of the McCroom Road, it's not a good idea as I have seen trucks trying to turn there as it is and it's difficult to say the least. But the main point is that if someone is walking there and an Arctic takes that turn and that person walking there could get seriously injured as the trailer cuts the corner and the trailer wheels mount the pavement so it's an accident waiting to happen it was bad enough before but now it's just dangerous says a Mill Street resident and indeed so be careful also if you're walking in that area of Mill Street and Tim is in Black Rock. We mentioned earlier regarding Catholic converters and Tim is asking, do we know what cars are most likely to be targeted when we spoke and to Councillor Liam Quaid at the start of the show, who unfortunately had the Catholic converter stolen from his car last week. His was a Toyota 2008 uh, year and they're the type of cars, Tim, that are being approached or where the Catholic converter is being stolen. It's in those cars and there's a why, I mean, it could happen to any car really, I suppose, to be honest, but uh, the, the majority, the main ones that have been mentioned on news sites and from the industry are the likes, as I mentioned, the main kind of makes, but it's all going back to makes from the late 90s up to around 2008. Uh, so the likes of Nissan is mentioned here, Ford, the Jeep models, um, Chevrolet, but it's saying that Every, everybody's asked to mind, you know, be careful of your own car because they're just brands that have reported it and that have issued uh, warnings out. But others have also issued warnings and maybe that's not being picked up on. So I would take note many of the year of the car is, is what many say uh, from the late 90s to around 2008, 2009. That's the reports that have been coming into Ungardi. It's what they are seeing when it comes to catalytic converters stolen uh, from cars. And thank you for your call uh, to Bernie on 0818 103 103. Text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. And keep your questions coming for Annalisa. She'll be answering all your nutritional questions after 12.30 very shortly. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council delivering roads and housing, community and business supports all across the county. See corkcoco.ie. Bingo continues in Butch event GAA Hall tonight at 8 o'clock and the jackpot is 2,950 euro and Lehan Moore Panto this year is Puss in Hoots preceded by the inventive genius of Garnish in the community centre it's on this Friday and Saturday and again on Friday the 16th and Saturday the 17th of December at 8 o'clock admission is 10 euros and there will be a table quiz held in aid of the Cork Simon community that's going ahead this coming Friday 
Friday in Harrigan's Lounge in Newmarket. It starts at 8.45pm and a team of four there is €30. Euro. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 0862103103. And well done to our Get Up and Go Diary winners Eileen Flynn in Castleton Road to Elizabeth Harrington in Manan Bridge and Bernadette Norbeck in on the Southern Road in the city. Well done to you all winning yourselves Get Up and Go Diaries. We'll give away more again across the week here on C103. And just a text that came in when I was discussing uh, Martin picking up on something we spoke about last Friday on the show regarding those who would love to leave the family home but cannot due to the cost of living but the impact that is having then and having more adults within the family home I just made the example of students because a lot of the students would love to be a living uh, student life but will have to commute for the time being due to the high cost of accommodation and Elizabeth on that says just heard the comment on students not being able to afford accommodation it's not all about students families are split because of this housing issue and the prices of rent etc with families having to stay in their separate parents houses so sad in this day and age uh, says Elizabeth and yeah it is very sad and we're very aware of people who are, are even married at this stage and unable to afford a house or maybe were in a house that was rented that's gone they're now waiting to see if they can afford to purchase a house and look for another rented house and you're right Elizabeth uh, you will have the wife staying with her parents and the husband staying with his parents until they try and sort things out on the short term basis so yeah uh, it's the reality of what is happening and thank you for your uh, texts and whatsapps to 0862103103 and you may be reading today that the government it has urged and has been urged to trial a four day a week uh, for public servants it's the Union Forza which represents about 80,000 public servants they're calling for this working arrangement to be tested by sections of the workforce within the public service this comes after the country's first pilot scheme involving 12 companies Companies revealed a range of benefits for workers and employers last week. And while I even know some people that are working a four-day a week and they thought they would have to work longer hours some of the days, uh, they do not. They're all working eight-hour days. Now, some would do a few extra, uh, maybe on a Wednesday or a Thursday, but overall, it seems to be an eight-hour a day and people work Monday through to Thursday. So, uh, the as the companies have tested this and they now plan to continue into the future, our reporter... Barry White has more on working just a four-day week. Could working Monday to Friday become a thing of the past? Well, that's what four-day week Ireland are hoping. Juliet Shaw is an economist with Boston College and she worked on the project. So let me start with the companies. They are very positive about the trial. All of the companies and organisations that took part in the six-month experiment reported a range of positive outcomes including productivity and reduced energy usage. Sinead Crother is the founder of Soothing Solutions. 100% happiness from staff. I mean, they're all very happy that they only have to work a four-day week. They thought they had to work four or ten-hour shifts, and we explained, no, it's it's eight-hour shifts over four days. Um, And they bring this really positive energy because they're happy about that. Meanwhile, employees who took part reported reduced stress, burnout and fatigue while being able to sleep more each night. Denise Lawaki is the CEO of Soothing Solutions and she says other companies should now adapt a four-day week. And it's definitely something we see that other businesses could definitely implement easily because the satisfaction from the staff is so great. So instead of nine to five Monday to Friday, could a more flexible four-day week be the future? 
Well, we'll have to wait and see if uh, employers will go down that route. Uh, your views on four day a week. I'm sure a lot of people uh, would like that. Back to the issue in Mill Street on the widening of the footpaths and how many now think uh, the junction of the McCroom Road. It's going to be tough for trucks to turn there, but also a, a safety aspect for pedestrians as a point made earlier from an ex-Arctic driver that the trailers and the, the wheels of the trailers will be mounting the footpath. It's a danger to pedestrians on this uh, text was saying do the engineers had they looked at this about the footpath in Mill Street or have they ever heard of traffic lights they have traffic lights put up in Rathmore for people crossing twice so I think this would be the safest option and best for the junction uh, the way it currently is it's deadly the way we know it uh, so traffic lights would that work t- so that people the crossing would be able to cross safely if that was to be an issue with Arctic trucks who have no choice but to mount the footpath with the trailer because now the footpaths are gone so wide uh, Arctic trucks are going to find it tough to get around the corner to head from Mill Street to McCroom uh, we'll have to wait and see what people make of that Annalisa Giselle joins us very shortly your questions are welcome for Annalisa you can call Bernie now with those on 0818 103 103 text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103 C103's Christmas coverage. We're giving away gift cards worth a total of 5,000 euro. 5,000 euro. With super value gift cards. Perfect for every occasion. Available in store or online for e-gift cards that can be sent with a personal message. Search super value gift card. It's your final week to win those super value gift cards worth a total of 5,000 euros with C103's Christmas coverage. And let's go back to last Friday where our winner was Liz. Harrington from Inneskeen Martina O'Donoghue on Drive Time Culture and here's what happened and it is uh, just down to me now to ask you officially how many bells Christmas bells did you hear played out today I better check 17 (laughs) 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 yes it was 17 Liz you are our winner for today. C103's Christmas covered and you get a super value gift card worth €500. Euro. An absolute festive shopping spree is going to be happening for you. Where's your nearest super value? Bandon or Dunmanway. Okay, so you've got a choice. I have a choice. And, yes. and what are the Christmas plans anyway? Do you go to someone else's house or do you host it at your own house? What do you do? No, we have a few at home here, yes. I always think that grocery shopping isn't really much fun but this time, this particular trip to the shops will be the most exciting ever you'll be chucking everything in, into the trolley I think which would be lovely thank you very much you're welcome Liz enjoy the rest of the day thanks for listening to C103 and a very happy Christmas to you congratulations thank you too take care and like Liz in Inneskeen you could be winning your way and having a festive shopping spree of 500 euros listen in at 9, 2 and 5 weekdays to count the Christmas bells and then you just text or WhatsApp Martina on drive time with the total amount for your chance to win C103's Christmas covers with super value gift cards perfect for every occasion available in store or online for e-gift cards that can be sent with a personal message search super value gift card again listen 9am 2pm and 5pm to win only at C103 and Annalisa Giselle joins us from the Health Hub in Ballincolly good afternoon to you Annalisa good afternoon John Paul and a lot of questions in so I go straight into them and first one Annalisa is from Sharon now Sharon wants to know what would you recommend for burning legs. Sharon, when she wakes up every morning, uh, she has what feels like burning legs. She wants to know, can she get any cream for this or would it be from the veins in her legs? 
So there could be a couple of reasons behind burning legs, but actually, yes, veins are the most likely cause. So if you've got inflammation of the veins, um, it's even before they actually develop into full varicose veins, one of the symptoms would be tired, achy legs, legs feeling dead and heavy, and burning legs, as well as pain and cramping in the legs. So the best thing for veins, um, varicose veins, and any inflammation of the veins is horse chestnut. And you can take it either as a supplement, but you can also use it as a cream. And Dr. Delish Clare does a lovely cream called Venotone specifically for that. And you can also buy a gel called Vena Gel, V-E-N-H-A-G-E-L. And as I said, you can also take it as horse chestnut supplement. Okay, so hopefully that helps Sharon. And then Dan wants to know, Annalisa, is porridge, is it a bad choice for someone with IBS? It goes solid fast if left in the bowl, says Dan. And does the same apply then uh, to the bowl he's using? But for the porridge itself, for someone with IBS, is, is it bad? No, well, actually, the, not really is the, the, the one answer in that. Uh, it does go solid quite fast, and that's actually soluble fibre in the um, oats itself that are absorbing all the water. And the great thing about soluble fibre is that it actually brings bulk to the stool in the in the um, gut. So it does help if you've got IBS constipation. It may also help if you've got IBS diarrhoea in that it might bring a bit of form to the stool. However, I do notice, John Paul, a lot of people don't do well with oats. I feel myself when I eat porridge and I love it, I could feel starving afterwards. So it's definitely creating some kind of acidity for me in my stomach. Um, So I think for the majority of people, I would say very healthy, very good for a healthy daily bowel movement. And that soluble fibre also grabs onto cholesterol and gets rid of it out of the body. So great for lots of reasons. But if you take it and you feel you're either looser stool or more constipated, then maybe it's not for you. And when we were mentioning Sharon a while ago and her leg situation, another texter asking about restless legs and that syndrome. What could you recommend for that? So restless legs could either it could be the veins, in which case the same um, would apply. But most commonly, restless legs is either due to a deficiency of iron or a deficiency maybe of magnesium. Now, if you've had your blood checked, they'll always check for your iron and your iron stores, which is called ferritin. And if that tends to be lower on the lower side. Possibly it could be iron deficiency that's creating the restless legs. Iron deficiency also would make you a little bit anemic, so you'd feel tired, um, maybe breathless after a lot of exercise, but you'd feel exhausted. Um, and then the other thing then is magnesium deficiency, which is actually quite common because it's not really in a lot of the foods that we eat anymore, particularly the ones that are grown hydroponically, you know, that are not grown in the soil. So I would suggest taking a magnesium supplement to start with as the most likely cause. A good sort of magnesium to take would either be magnesium citrate or biglycinate because otherwise it might have a bit of a laxative effect. So go for the magnesium citrate or the biglycinate and if that doesn't work then you could try an iron supplement. And Anya wants to know what would you recommend for treatment to blisters which are on the back of her tongue. Now, they're not sore, but she's very much aware of them. And she's also wondering, could it be related to sinus issues she's been having in the past while? I suppose it could be, but probably unlikely. Um, Maybe it could be sinus. The relationship there might be that your immune system is a little bit run down um, and therefore you're getting more sinus infections and also a lot of people, when they'd be run down, would notice that they'll get more blisters or mouth ulcers or cold sores um, around the mouth and gums and in the mouth. 
So if you think it's that, take a good immune supplement. You need to have something that has got vitamin D, C, zinc and selenium and maybe vitamin A. Uh, Also, elderberry extract is a great one for boosting their immune system, as is olive leaf extract. So you could try a combination of those. And we love the um, Bionutri elderberry complex here because it has a bit of everything. But also Nature's Plus do an immune boost supplement that has nearly all of those things in there as well. So that would be to boost your immune system. The other reason that you might be getting blisters in the tongue is that you're an allergic to something. Some people will develop it after berries is a very common one, or oranges or tomatoes. But I find most commonly, John Paul, it's because of an allergy to sodium laurel sulfate that they add into toothpaste as a foaming agent. So switch to a natural toothpaste that you get in the health shop. And if you can get one with neem in it, even better for the health of the mouth. And, uh, and um do a mouth wash out as well with maybe some boiled water and salt just to keep them out nice and healthy. Yeah, I did that. I just suffered big time with mouth ulcers and I couldn't understand why. Now, if you were busy, as in if you did busy two or three weeks with, with, with your own lifestyle, you could see why if you were run down. But I was constantly getting them and I did that. I changed, and it was your recommendation to a listener one day, I changed the product I was using of toothpaste to a different brand and I, I don't get them. Yeah, that's most commonly what the problem is if they're regular. This time of the year, though, John Paul, I am selling a lot more products for cold sores and mouth ulcers, and that generally is a, a lowered immune system. So if you want to cover all the bases, do both. OK, Mary is in Mallow. She wants to know, what have you recommended over the past while uh, to keep cholesterol down? OK, so we used to always recommend one of the best ones, Cardio K, which was um, the extract of red rice yeast. Um, it does a similar thing to the drug, the statin drug, except a lot of people who couldn't take the drugs because of the side effects were able to tolerate the red rice yeast, no problem. Now, unfortunately, we used to be able to sell it at a strength of 10 milligrams per tablet, and now it's only 3 milligrams per tablet. Uh, The Irish Medicines Board has brought a rule in that we can only sell it at that strength. So a lot of the newer ones now will have it combined with something called plant sterols. These can also fool the body into thinking, like a plant sterol is like cholesterol in its chemical formation so it kind of fools the liver into thinking oh there's plenty of cholesterol coming in in the diet don't make any um, and that's what you'll find in the likes of the flora proactive and those kind of proactive drinks the benicol type drinks but you need it in a very high dose so the cardio k now has the red rice yeast with the plant sterols and is quite effective we also sell quite a lot of the maconta one the red rice yeast with coq10 it's a really good quality product um the other one then we have is by a company called Solaray. And again, it's a combination of the red rice yeast with coenzyme Q10. So in the health shop, they'll have any one of those three and they should all work quite well to bring it down. And then if you want to bring up your good cholesterol, the good cholesterol actually keeps your veins clear of hardened deposits of cholesterol in the arteries. So good cholesterol can be increased by taking a fish oil supplement. Okay, and Stephen is in contact with us. This is to do with sleep, Annalisa. He has two young children. Uh, One is one, one is two, so they're quite young. So it means he's up every morning early. He's up Monday to Friday from work at 6am and then he's up at the weekends early with the children. So sleep, he's looking for recommendations on sleeping. When he gets to sleep, he said he's fine, but is trying to drift off the sleep. He finds it hard to actually go to sleep. So what do you recommend? So that's really typical, actually. We saw a huge amount of it as well, John Paul, after COVID. And really what it is, is people, it's just busy lives and you're going to bed, busy body, busy brain, and you're stressing and worrying about things. So it's hard to switch off. 
all the natural remedies are designed not to knock you out, but actually to stop that busy body, busy brain. So they bring down the stress hormones and they just induce a sort of a sense of calm so that you can sleep naturally. And there's a number of different herbs that work well for that. So the first and the most common one is valerian. Uh, you can buy it either in tablets or in tincture form. Also, L-theanine is another lovely one. And that's a great one as well throughout the day if people are a bit anxious or if they find it hard to sit down and focus and concentrate. So l is really nice just for calm and focus. Um, the one that we find works the best for our customers, and we get brilliant feedback on this all the time, is the NHP Advanced Sleep Support. It's a combination of that valerian, L-theanine, there's lemon balm in it, there's a bit of skullcap in it, there's some magnesium in it. So all of these on their own can help you calm and, you know, be, be sort of in a more relaxed place. But that one has about eight different ones in there altogether. So that's the one we nearly always start off with for people. Very good. And very finally, for Sheila, is it okay to take fire tonic with blood pressure medication? Should be absolutely fine. In actual fact, it might work very well. Um, there is some natural anti-inflammatory, I think, in there in the form of cayenne pepper and... Um, uh, depending on who's making it, ginger is another lovely natural anti-inflammatory, turmeric and black pepper. The one thing I think about fire tonic is that people need to be careful because it is vinegar. So just if you have any inflammation in your stomach or if you have acid reflux, it's not suitable. Otherwise, it's great. OK, Annalisa, thank you for that. And we'll chat to you again next Monday. Thanks, John Paul. Take care. Annalisa Drizel there of the Health Hub in Ballincolleg, just located across from the cinema in Ballincolleg. You'll get further details on the healthhubstore.com or indeed on the Health Hub Facebook and you can listen back to everything Annalisa has mentioned. You can pause and go back and rewind and all of that on the podcast section of c103.ie. Christmas Cash Stars on C103. C103. Christmas Cash Stars, it's your chance to win with C103 and it's easy to play. Just identify these three celebrity voices. Here they are. Christmas Cash Stars. Name one star to win a grand. Match two stars for two grand and name all three and hit the jackpot and win a massive 10 grand. To answer or to enter, you can answer this question. Saint Nicholas is better known as A, Santa Claus or B, Mickey Mouse then text the word WIN that's W-I-N to 57886 plus your answer A or B we'll call one lucky texter each day just after 4pm for your chance to win big text cost 250 per entry you'll be playing across the wireless Ireland network of stations and for full terms and conditions go to c103.ie that's it from us for today Patricia Messenger is back with you tomorrow morning from 10am with Cork Today where we'll be discussing the lack of funding for nursing homes as more close their doors and also we'll hear from a listener with a word of warning on money he lost when he was buying a Jeep privately that and more tomorrow morning from 10am my thanks to Bernie Murphy who produced it I'm John Paul McNamara Hi this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. 
A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.